Welcome to Highway 89, BYU Radio's live music program. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Today in the studio, we have American songstress Sheila Ray Charles and pianist Masa Fukuda. I could not be happier that they are here. Thank you to both of you for coming in today. Oh, thank you, Stephen. It is my honor and pleasure to be here. And what a beautiful state I am in. Utah, woo, go Utah. We're oh glad my you gosh. like it. Amazing. J- jazz, gospel, rhythm and blues, that's all musical worlds. Sheila Ray Charles moves in, records in, and loves. Her newest single, We Are Hope, was written by Nashville's award-winning songwriter Malia Taylor McKinney and has gained popularity since its release, including time on the Top 40 charts. She recently performed at the first International Music and Entertainment Awards at the Paramount Arts Center in Ashland, Kentucky, and she's in Salt Lake City to sing with the MuseArt Foundation for a concert at the Conference Center on Temple Square, a venue that easily seats 20,000. In addition to singing, songwriting, Sheila Ray Charles is also a motivational speaker. And together with her husband, Tony, who's also with us today, she travels to jails, penitentiaries to share messages of hope and faith as part of their One Way Up prison ministry. She's also written her life story in Behind the Shades, Hope Beyond Darkness, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Sheila Ray Charles, I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you again, Stephen, um, for having me. It's it's such an honor to be here. It's an incredible honor to be a part of uh, the MuseArt concert this Saturday. I mean, what they stand for, bringing hope and um, love to our children. You know, what better place to concentrate and to focus on? What better thing to concentrate than our children and their well-being? And I think it's important that we all share in that movement to be a part of, of something so great. Well, you'll hear our dear listeners as we talk that this is a passion close to Sheila's heart. But yes. I have to ask, you're an author, yes. you're a singer, yes. but you're also a songwriter. And one of our first songs is going to be one you wrote. Tell me about writing Behind the Shades. Uh, Behind the Shades is my musical testimony of my life um, through a long journey of drugs and um, federal prison and a life of abuse. I um, was at the lowest point of my life and the Lord woke me up um, in the middle of the night and said, you know, I want you to take your story and put it to music. And I thought, Woo, that's going to be a long song, boy. <laughs> Try to get that in three and a half minutes. But, you know, God always has a way of, of doing things perfectly. And so um, he gave me the lyrical content. It was easy. It was my life. But um, we shortened it up and, and got it put together. And I think it's very, um, very true to what I've experienced. Now, we're going to start with that song, but first you also used that to title your book. Yes. And tell me Um, about how the book came to be. Well, the book is exactly, it's my story all in one. It's not only just my story, but it's my mother's story of her meeting my father, um, the very, very, very torrid uh, romance that they had, and then ultimately the paternity suit, which back in the 60s was um, labeled one of the America's biggest paternity suits, entertainment paternity suits of all times, um, because my father being Ray Charles, you know, the world wanted to to know what was going on in his life and um, so I incorporated her story and my story and put it together and and the end result though is the redemption in Christ and in God um, because when you've been through a lot and you realize that God brought you through it you've got to tell the world and so that's what I did well we're going to hear more about your life and yes. what that testimony turned out to be 
but we better hear some music. So All right. I'll, I'll let Let's you head over it. and grab your mic here. We're going to hear uh, Sheila Ray Charles singing her own song, which is also the title of her book. We're going to hear Behind the Shades. Masa Fukuda is our pianist. Hallelujah. Well, well. See, I thank you, Jesus. Yes, I do. You've been so good to me. I was lost in a world that I never knew. Yeah. And there was nobody, Mm-mm. not one to see me through. Where I was so scared for my life, I didn't know where I belong. No, can somebody save me? You see, I've been holding on to. Just look at my life My baby's crying Mother laying dying Brother still drinking I was there thinking Look the way I'm living In and out of prison Every day sinning Can it be forgiven? Well now Behind the shades is all that I ever knew Caught in a maze of shades of black and blue Still living blind in the darkness of my mind I'm all alone trying to leave this all behind Just open my arms, your love, your life. Come on, cause there's a space for me. Please, you see, he came into my life. He filled me with everything he is. He lifted me high where I belong. Up to just look at my life When I was me Took away the pain And I'm never gonna be the same Well, they opened up my eyes And now I believe I can fly Yeah, Hey, I'm behind the shade is all that I ever knew Caught in a maze of shades of black and blue Still living blind in the darkness of my mind I'm all alone trying to leave this all behind Behind the 
is all that I ever, it's all I ever knew. Well, he came along and he made me new, no longer live in the darkness of my mind. His love came along, came along and made me shine behind the shades. Well, well, behind the shades. No longer behind the shades. Well, I see I'm no longer. I no longer behind. No, no. No longer behind the shades. No longer. Behind the shades, no longer behind the shades. I'm no longer behind the shades. Ooh, behind the Sheila Ray Charles performing Behind the Shades on BYU Radio's live music program, Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cat Perry. Man, there is something great about hearing someone sing their own story. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of your own story, well, let's go back kind of to more to the beginning. I was so surprised to find out how old you were when you met your father in person the first time. Um, the first time I got to, as got older, it was um, almost 12 years old. Um, I, I know that somehow... Excuse me, in some of the articles it said I was 13, but I was actually almost 12. Um, and the reason why I know that for sure, because at 12 years old, I was the youngest student ever accepted to the Marie Salard Academy for the Arts in California. And um, so that was a big highlight in my life because that was the Juilliard of California. And um, so when I met my father... Um, it was, it was an incredible experience because, first of all, I was so nervous because I wanted to be accepted and be loved by my daddy. And, and yet my father was not only my dad, this is Ray Charles, the singer. So, you know, when I went back that year, um, the, the uh, commercial, you got the right one, baby, that was out. And so all the kids in school just thought my dad was the coolest thing, you know, uh, with the, with that commercial. And so I was really excited and very nervous. Um, it was very emotional. Um, and I had a lot of questions like why it took so long and why did it take me, my effort to bring forth the relationship? And so it was very interesting. It was very interesting. You remember that moment. Do you remember what you thought? I will never forget it. Um, I never will forget the fact that I, when I thought when I was going to meet my dad that he was going to be real, real tall and big because, you know, Ray Charles, his persona was so huge. So I thought I was going to meet this real big, gigantic guy. And he was this little short dude, you know, about five, <laughs> eight. And, um, I, I was just like, wow, you know, it was, he was a man and he was, he was, he's just a man, but a great man. And, um, and it brought me to a different perspective about who my father was. And, and, um, I, I love the, uh, timidness he kind of got when we met and um, and we shared a lot of of our hurts and, and pains you know through the years him and my mother's breakup and the things that caused our separation um, 
Although I didn't allow him to get away with using that as an excuse to build a relationship with me. So I was pretty, <laughs> pretty forceful about that because every little girl wants their dad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you already had the music in you, it sounds like, way before meeting him. You were in the music school, and he actually advised you against going into music. He did. Oh, yeah. Not only did he advise against it, he tried to do everything and he could to um, block that. And um, finally, through my persistence... Um, he said, okay, we're going to, we're going to see what you got. We're going to bring you in. Well, what he did, this was what I thought was pretty clever. Never before in the history of, of a Wednesday night at the Roxy theater in Hollywood, California, had they sold out, but you know, the world wanted to see the baby girl of Ray Charles. So, (laughs) I mean, it was amazing. I'm talking about from Tom Selleck to, um, Kenny Rogers, Elda Barge, um, Eddie Murphy, Everybody was there. So when I walked out on the stage, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? But but what really blew my mind was that my father sent somebody to record the show. He didn't come himself. I think he knew that that would have probably blown it right out the park. I probably wouldn't even have been able to sing that night had he came. But um, he sent uh, uh, one of his workers to come and record the show. And I got a call the next day. And he's like, you got to come up to this office. And I said, okay. And he put the tape in and he goes, uh, that's you, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, you were there. And he's like, no, but I sent somebody. And he goes, well, we're, if you're going to be serious about this, then I'll bring you into the studio and record me. And we did that. Do you and have so, a copy of that recording? I do have a copy of that. And we are looking at the right time. And I think it's going to be in 2014, which is the... Um, uh, 10th anniversary of my father's passing and of the movie Ray that we are going to release that recording. Um, the only recording. I'm the only child that my father produced. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's so true. I'm just, I want to, I got some legal friends in the, in the house tonight. So I think I'm going to talk to them <laughs> okay. about what's the best way to go about that. Well, let me ask you about, boy, anyone, anyone, I mean, no, much less a child of Ray Charles, but anyone who decides, I think I'm going to sing Georgia. Either has to be, you know, in a bar where people aren't paying that much attention and aren't that, you know, focused or have something they want to bring to it. So you have your own version and tell me about thinking, okay, I'm going to do Georgia and how do I make it mine? Well, you know, that's the only way that I could sing the song because so many big name artists have sung Georgia and so many people are like, oh, nobody can do Georgia like Ray. And I'm, I'm, I'm in exact agreement with them. Nobody can do Georgia like my father could. So I don't even try to come close, but I had too many. I do concerts, uh, tributes to my father around the world and everybody kept asking. And for years I wouldn't do it. I'm like, there's no way you're not going to rip me apart for doing Georgia. <laughs> and And um, people are like, no, it's giving great honor to your father. And you don't have to try to do it like him. Make it your own. And and just say, Dad, thank you. And maybe even since he's gone now, it means even more. It really, really does. And people, I've had the state of Georgia fly me all over the country to represent them singing this song. So I pray that the world that's listening will think that I give it uh, justice as well. Gosh, what should we sing now? Okay. <laughs> Sheila Ray, if you'll go over, we'll get ready and we're gonna hear your version of Georgia. And I was just I was just doing a little YouTube exploration and you have sung this, like you said, all over. And I found a great one from the Bahamas. Also Lithuania. I mean you get around with this song. So let's hear Georgia. All right. Mm-hmm. 
Georgia I sing for Georgia 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah The whole Whole day through Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind. I say, Georgia, sweet, sweet Georgia, a song, song of you. It's as sweet and clear. Yes, it is. Is moonlight through the pines. Whoa, other arms, they reach out to me. Other eyes smile, they smile so tenderly, but still. A song, song, song of you It's just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind Will you play something for me? Today in the BYU Radio Studios, I'm visiting with American singer-songwriter Sheila Ray Charles. She just sang Georgia, and it's going to stay sung. And Masa Fukuda was the pianist. Great break oh there, Oh, my gosh, Masa. she's amazing. Hey, and you live in Georgia now. You're an I L.A. Do. girl, but you moved to Georgia. I do live. Where you just felt obligated? Or you know, was it? It, was, it, was, it was definitely a no-brainer when we got there to 
uh, to stay. I mean, when we got there, everybody was like, how can you not? No, you can't leave. You came here. You got to continue in your father's <laughs> legacy. How can you just leave us and not come back? Well, it just so happened that the Lord put that on our hearts to be there. And excuse me, immediately got us a house, got everything lined up. And here we are in Georgia. Beautiful. Well, well, listen, I think Papa would be proud. Uh, You know, it's easy to say that you might live under the shadow of a legacy, but I think you're thinking of it as a heritage. I do. But you have come up with something that is all your own. And this is this ministry that you and your husband do, this uh, one way up. So tell me about this, because this is remarkable. Uh, and Excuse I want to say, I want to say, go ahead, take take your little sip here, uh, because uh, in a very small way, I've been privileged to just in our local prisons over the years to go do musical programs, and oh. the fact that you have made it not just in you know once a year or whatever, you do this all the time, and you have this purpose in doing it, you know. I just want to bless you for doing that. That is well, an amazing you. thing. And, you know, maybe that's the thing you'll end up wanting on your tombstone. Like, I did something good here. You know what? My husband and I um, came together, and we formulated One Way Up Prison Ministry. Um, you know, it's a part of my life. It was a part of my husband's life. Um, it wasn't easy for me, um, considering, especially because of my heritage. I didn't want to embarrass my father. I didn't want to, he kept it uh, such a big secret and I'm not the only child of his that's been through the prison experience. Um, But he kept us very secluded from the world so that we wouldn't be chastised by the world outside of what we were already in. And so when the Lord charged my heart to come out and tell my story, I didn't want to go around the world and talk about my drug addiction and losing all my children and going to prison and all of those things. But the effect that it has on the human beings that get to hear the story of redemption through God and through Christ that I have experienced, it is, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's, I wouldn't do anything else but to do that. And so I am so blessed to be able to go in the prisons and watch the love of God move. And when I tell you the love of God moves, it moves. And and it's so crazy because if what, we go to a prison that has 2,500 inmates in it, 2,300 will come out and hear us speak. And most of them have no idea, nothing about God, nothing. But by the time we're done, they see the light of God. They see a light of hope and faith. And um, and they're willing to surrender their hearts. And so well, how can you Well, you have you an amazing that? story that just, just underscores that he can yes. turn anything to good. Yes, he can. So how did the change happen? Because you had, you had gone in and out a couple of times. What made the difference? Um, I think the, the third time that I got to federal prison, at that point in my life, I had literally lost everything. My singing career, I had lost all five of my children. Um, I had lost uh, any hope, uh, any self-respect, any love that I had for myself. I really had become just a shell. Um, an empty, a walking dead person. And um, when you reach that kind of pain, um, either you're going to waller in it for the rest mm. of your life or you're going to cry out to some help. And I just thank God that somewhere in my journey that I heard the name of Jesus, <laughs> you know, because, woo, hallelujah, Lord. Had I not, I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be dead or, you know, still in that life. And so um, laying on the concrete floor of federal prison, I called on the name of the Lord. And uh, to my surprise, the concrete ceiling started talking back. Uh, And let me tell you (laughs) something, that's a crazy experience, especially when you've been on drugs. (laughs) I really thought, whoo, I'd hit too many of those drugs. Um, Now the concrete's talking back to me, but it it was a voice that was, of course, supernatural. It was different. And God said, if you turn your life over to me, 
I'll change it. And, I'll, and he said, and then I'm going to send you around the world to talk about it. Um, and he has done that. I mean, he, God has been faithful. If I press into him and continue to do the kingdom, the, you know, the Bible says is seek the kingdom of heaven first and everything God will add unto that. And he has certainly been faithful to do that. Um, the evidence is me being here in Salt Lake City. I've always wanted to be here. And God found a way for me to come here and share in probably one of the most incredible events I've ever had in my life. So the first time you went back and said, I'm going to speak to these people, how did it feel going in? Were you nervous or did you feel like, well, when I, this is what I got to do? Oh, yeah. When I, well, you know, it, I can't say the word nervous. Um, it, it was, it was, I was a little anxious, but what really got to me is the first time I heard that shh, clank when the door shut behind me, I was like, oh, let me out, you know, <laughs> and then God reminded me that you do get to get out. So, you know, very quickly, just, just, go and do what I've asked you to do and they're going to release you. So, but after that first time, it has been like, it's second nature. So, well, you know, there are a lot of people who might do something inspirational in a setting like that, but do you think there is an extra power that you have? Cause you're talking to people who know that you've lived it. Yeah, and and that definitely adds to it. It it definitely adds um, to the um, experience because I speak their language. You know, I can go in there and I can talk about the Kefi coffee, and I can talk about the Bob um, uh, um, uh, Bob Barker products. You know, Bob Barker. I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> But Bob Barker has a line of products that are for indigent people in prison, and they're horrifying. I'm thinking this guy's a multi-billionaire. He could make our product a little <laughs> bit better. But, you know, they're like, well, yeah, they're in prison. They don't deserve that. But anyway, um, you know, so I understand, and I can make light of it and make jokes about it, and I can talk about the life that were in the streets, too, that they've experienced, because I've experienced everything from gangs to um, a life of selling drugs, using drugs, and becoming so... Uh, distraught inside of my addiction that I wound up in federal prison four times. So the impact of the story between my husband and myself's story is amazing and they believe us. And so that's why it's also very important for us to have the highest of integrity because God has put people's lives in our hands. And so, um, and it's, people it's can find cool. out if they want to read about this. It's yes. Sheila Ray Charles.com and it's Ray R A Y E. That's right. Well, we we need to hear you sing some more. All right. But, but we're going to hear these two songs. We're going to hear two together, Unchain My Heart and Hit the Road, Jack. And, uh, just tell me about about these songs and why you put them in your show. <laughs> well, I put them in my show because I used to just crack up when my dad would do these songs because... I mean, you know, first of all, you can relate to them lyrically, you know, as any woman that has been ever been in love or any man that has ever been in love and that love didn't work. You know, you feel like you're trying to rip the chains off your heart in the breakup. You know, you, you definitely want to be free. If, if it's over, it's over. But somehow your heart seems to be still enchained in wow. that love. And so um, it, I, I can relate to that so so much i'm very happily married now but there was a time when i was going through hell multiple times <laughs> in relationships so um with that and then hit the road jack has just always been a fun song it was one of my father's most popular songs and of course um people always demanded for that song to be sang for me and well so. that's one people people love to play in their yeah. convertibles driving along you know just aside from any other meanings it might have it, it's a kind of a road song too yes it's, it's it great. is it's well, we want to hear you. So let's do, uh, we're going to hear Unchain My Heart, and then we're going to hear Hit the Road Jacks, Sheila Ray Charles, Masa Fukuda at the piano. Mm -hmm. 
Unchain my heart Baby, let me go Unchain my heart You don't love me no more huh. You got me sold up like a pillowcase And you let my love go to waste So unchain this heart, baby Set me free Unchain my heart Baby, let me go Unchain my heart You don't love me no more Well, you make me crazy every night and day When you don't really even love me that way So unchain this heart, baby Set me free I'm under your spell Like a girl in a train And I know darn well that I haven't got the chance So unchain my heart Baby, let me go Unchain my heart You don't love me no more No, come on You make me crazy every night and day When you don't love me anyway So unchain this heart, baby Set me free Come on a girl in a train chair and I know darn well that I haven't got a chance so unchain my heart baby let me go oh unchain my heart you don't love me no more hey you make me crazy every night and day you don't love me anyway so don't change my heart baby set me free oh set me free you got to set me free come on and set me free set me free come on and set me free i said you got to set me free hey. That's right. You know, I want to tell you about a little funny thing happened to me the other night. I came home a little late from my job, you see. And when I walked in, I didn't know I could turn this way. But how y'all doing? I walked into my house. Little did my man know, as I creeped up the stairs, you see, I got to see a little mm, something I don't think I was supposed to. When I looked into the bedroom, there he was, laying with another woman. I got really upset. I was so hurt because I worked really hard for my man, you see. So I looked him in the eye, and I told him one thing. You know what I said, Pat? I told him something like this. I said, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more. 
no, no more. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. You know what he said? What you say? Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. No, 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 no more. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. He said, well, oh, baby, oh, baby, why you treat me this way? I told him, you did me wrong, and now you want to say, but I got to let you go. You got to pack your bags, I don't want you no more. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. No, 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 no more. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. He said, what you say? I said, the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no, 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 no more. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. He said, oh, baby, oh, baby, don't you treat me so mean. I said, I'm the meanest woman you ever will see. And yes, you still gotta go. Well, you got to pack your bags, I don't want you no more. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no, 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 no. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. And don't you come back no more. You know what I told him? I said, hey, you can't come around here no more. Uh -uh. You got to hit the road, baby. That's what I told him, yeah. And don't you come back no more. You can't come around here. You can't come around here no more. You got to hit the road, Jack. Hey, hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. And don't you come back no more And don't you come back no more Ooh, oh, oh, yeah Don't you come around here No more Jack On Highway 89, performed live by Sheila Ray Charles. Uh, we just heard Unchain My Heart and Hit the Road, Jack. And I w you just got a picture that she's holding the mic, walking around. And she's entertaining all of us who are in the, in the studio here. Uh, you like being on stage. I do. And, and like I said, I didn't know that I could twirl before. So, I, you know, I would have been talking to my friends back there a while back. But... Um, I do. I love being on stage. It's something just happens uh, that's supernatural. It's, it's something that God implanted in me. I take no credit for it. Um, yeah, something comes alive. And you got those sure. low notes. Oh, yeah. that's really fun to I hear. I do. And I even have them lower now. Um, I am just getting over laryngitis. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I prayed so hard because I was like, God, that is your gift you've given me. And I cannot believe that my body was constricting me from doing a gift that God had given me. It was the most painful week of my life. Not being able, excuse me, to let those notes out. I couldn't sing with the record. I couldn't sing. And, and of course, the doctor told me, stay off the phone. Don't talk. Don't do anything so it was like ah that was so crazy but uh, I'm very grateful this is my first really real singing event since uh, since I got well oh well we're glad we're glad you're doing so. it and that you're well enough that Thank that is you. great did you and your father ever get even just just together uh, sometime to sing together you know I got to sing with him when he produced me in the studio and he was singing my songs that I was written yeah right that I had written and he was showing me how he heard them himself and so at that moment I did get to sing and you know I was so I look back on that time and I'm thinking why didn't I record that why didn't I we've got pictures and stuff but you would have thought but you know again I never thought that I wouldn't have the chance again before he passed and so 
Well, there's, just, there's just that little family thing. You know, yeah. you want to hear those two voices that really are related together. Well, you know, I'm really hoping that one day I will be able to do maybe what Natalie Cole did with her father and and share that wow. experience. So be praying for it. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. I want to ask what's next, but when I say this, I've got to tell people, I, I look for just a few minutes on your website. Here's where you've been in the last couple months and the next month. Georgia, Michigan, Illinois, California, Missouri, New York City, Florida, Kentucky, Michigan, California. We're really glad you fit in. Utah. <laughs> so what, what's next for you? What are um, your plans? From here, uh, we actually fly into Michigan and, um, and, and then from there back to Florida. Um, and then I'm not sure after that. I, I try not to look at my schedule because it gets overwhelming. And um, uh, but I'm grateful for it. Very grateful that I'm I'm being able to spread the love of God around the nation. And so to me, that's what life is about. So. Well, I want to I want to hear about this this song. We are hope because oh. you were handpicked to sing this. It wasn't like you said, "Well, there's a nice song. I think I'll do it." Well, you know what. <sighs> I am so blessed and so honored and so overjoyed, and it's only God himself that brought me together with Malia McKinney, who actually wrote the song. Um, she had a dream of a voice, and um, it just so happened that um, a lady and gentleman that she had been working with, uh, Melissa and Ty, had came. I had went to their job um, to speak and to sing for their company and um and so when she was talking to malia about singers for the song she's like well you've got to let me play this woman's voice for you and and so malia was like that's the voice i heard in my dream and i got a call and i'm like this is she's like hi this is malia i'm like hello you know i don't know you <laughs> and she's like you said tell me who she was told me about the song and um and then we met and she came and heard me speak and sing live and she said you're definitely the one and um we have had a very spiritual connection ever since um, then. And uh, we've got some stuff coming up, I think, in the works. It's going to be not only with just We Are Hope, but she's also um, a, an incredible songwriter for country music. She's in the Hall of Fame for music writers and um, has written some heavy hitters, some big time hits. And so I'm going to do a country album, and I'm pretty excited about that. I always wanted to sing, honey, let me be your salty dog. So I get to do that, you know, maybe. <laughs> Um, so I'm pretty excited about it. Okay, yeah. but the song itself, tell, tell me about what, what the, what's in the song. We Are Hope is an incredible cry out to have people be aware of the importance of the lyrical content for music for children. I mean, especially for artists such as myself and, and other international artists, we have to realize the power that's in our music. Kids right now will do everything that they hear on music. We, we see it in everyday life. We see it when you listen to the rap artist songs and you listen, look at the people that listen to rap. They're living out the music that they're hearing. They're smoking uh, major marijuana. They are having their pants hang down. They're, you know, selling drugs. They're doing popping mollies and all of the things that the singers are calling them into to do and to that they're glamorizing, the kids are following that. And, um, and the reason why that is God created music to be very powerful before the beginning of time, you know, and I, I could go into a whole sermon with that, but, you know, uh, t but, but music is very powerful and it was designed to create an atmosphere.
And so we have a reasonable duty to be, to create that atmosphere for our children. And we have to, as parents and as, as a community, stop letting our kids just be educated by any old thing. And, I, you know, I love Pat Miffley and I love the MuseArt Foundation and, and Malia for coming together to say, hey, we are the responsible ones. If our kids are lost, who lost them? You know, and, and we have to quit blaming it outside of the family and outside of community. Take back that power and bring forth a message of love and hope and integrity that these kids can look up to. And that's what we are hopes about. It's, it's about saying we are that hope. We can't put it out here, but we have to take responsibility for being that hope and then walk it out. Was music something that you held on to when you were young and absolutely going all that. oh my gosh i love music to this day i can i can associate songs with periods of time in my life and what i was going through and what i was experiencing and what was happening and i think everybody does that everybody does and i feel sorry for these kids you know if you listen to some of the lyrical content you're not gonna when you're 50 years old start go back and say my mom is a b and my girlfriend's a h and you know all of the horrible cussings and and all of the things what kind of songs are that do you want want to go back when you're 50 and 60 and 70 and repeat the lyrics no come on folks let's get it together and let's quit just accepting anything you know it's so funny to me that we say we live in a country of freedom of speech but when you try to push more positive songs they get pushed off to a a, a certain radio station they don't play it on mainstream they don't want they want to hear the positive stuff but if you want to tell your kids to go do drugs and have uh, sex you know out of control and do all of these things crazy then then it's a freedom of speech issue a freedom of speech issue and so I I don't get it. I'm standing for what's right and what's righteous and for the love. It all boils down to the love. How much do you love your children? How much do you love your community? How much do you love your world that you live in? Are you willing to make a difference? I think you should sing about it. I am. I think we've set up the song pretty well. Here's Sheila Ray Charles with a song that she was picked to be the artist for. Uh, this is We Are Hope, and it's going to be part of a big show coming up here in the Conference Center in Salt Lake City. About 20,000 people, lots of different artists, and Sheila will be one of them. And this is the yes. theme, this song. This is the theme of the whole evening. Hallelujah. There are people chosen to leave this world in the human race and people born to follow and taught God's great grace and then there are givers who understand the needs of the fellow man when love rules their hearts and courage takes a stand humanity linked together hand in hand we are love Depending on God above, we are grace. Understanding the human race, we are faith. Holding on to a brighter day, we are hope. Looking for a better way, we are charity. Looking out for a fellow man. Yes, we are, we are charity, looking out for our fellow man. We are, 
Yes, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are charity looking out for a fellow man, for a fellow man, for a fellow Our hope that's live from Sheila Ray Charles on Highway 89. That sadly enough concludes this episode. But you gave us a bonus track, Sheila. Thank I you did. so much. You even snuck into a song we weren't expecting. I was it was really my pleasure. Our special guests today have been singer songwriter Sheila Ray Charles, pianist Masa Fukuda. Thanks to them for being here. This has been inspiring to hear you speak and a memorable hour for us and everybody listening, I know. Thank you again. You're so welcome. Sheila Ray Charles, American songstress whose music-making spans the musical worlds of gospel, jazz, rhythm, and blues. Her newest single, We Are Hope, was written by Nashville's award-winning songwriter, Malia Taylor McKinney. Gained popularity since its release, including time on the Top 40 charts. And together with her husband, Tony, Sheila Ray Charles regularly travels to jails and penitentiaries, sharing messages of hope and faith through their One Way Up prison ministry. And you can read the story of her life in her book, Behind the Shades, Hope Beyond Darkness. More information about her latest projects and concerts is available on her website, SheilaRayCharles.com. That's Ray, R-A-Y-E. Also, thanks to Pat Melfi and the MuseArt World Foundation for helping arrange today's performance. We always love to hear from you, our listeners, and welcome your comments and questions about the show. To contact us, just send us an email, highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89, a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite. The show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thank you for listening.